Um, I'll have to forewarn you that I was given a lot of special uh, instructions for tonight because I've been told I was soft-spoken. They've told me how to get to the mic and whatever. That's also been characterized as my way of forcing people to listen. Um, my involvement in the campaign came as the senior student at the University of Minnesota Morris. I was reading the Vanguard in an article about the upcoming student election, and one line just got my attention. It says, barring an 11th hour campaign, it is certain that Claire Dingley will be the next student president. <laughs> now, this was like a challenge to me. <laughs> The idea of doing an 11th hour campaign in the 36 hours that remained till the election just was appealing. <laughs> now, only thing I lacked was a candidate. With that, it didn't take long, and I made my way to the center of my academic universe, pocket protector heaven, the physics stockroom. I walked up to the blackboard, erased a few equations, and wrote DC for president. <laughs> now, DC wasn't called DC because his initials were DC, which they were, but <laughs> he was called DC in the spirit of a little physics irony because DC stood for direct current. <laughs> great campaigns need great candidates. <laughs> now, initially my comrades down in the physics stock room were not enthused about DC's campaign. They felt that any candidate for student president should be willing, which was a compunction <laughs> that I did not share. But at that moment, DC entered the room. He was asked what he thought about running for president. And we were told that he had thought about it, but he never got the paperwork together to get his name on the ballot. That was just the volition that everybody needed in the room to get behind DC's <laughs> candidacy. We made a sign that says 11th hour campaign headquarters, put it on the physics stock room door. Now, we had some challenges as mounting this campaign. The first of all was name recognition. A lot of people knew DC, but very few knew who Dan Cameron was. And if you're launching a write-in campaign, it is very surmountable um, obstacle. Sorry about that. Now, the second thing we kind of pondered was, was there great ideological differences between DC and Claire? We decided that there were none. <laughs> <laughs> Only that Claire was much more eloquent in expressing them. <laughs> 
we then had to look at defining our base, or say, uniting our base. Uh, we actually had to find a base. <laughs> uh, you know, the people that hung around the physics stockroom wasn't an exclusive group, but we weren't the most magnetic camp char characters around campus either. We finally pondered the political situation, and we thought we would exploit the one thing when people are against the candidate that they're not careful who they're for. We then has made the emissary to go to the young Republicans who had carried no favor for Claire Dingley. And I was asked them if they would go and put up posters and staff P.O. boxes, which they readily did. The next group was the student athletes because there had been some disparaging remarks about the student athletes. And one of our friends who was on the wrestling team went over to the student athletic center. Now, the student athletic center was a brand new building when I was a student and the custodians did not allow anyone to put any posters up on any of the walls. But when they found out that we were running a candidate against a person that was speaking disparagingly of their boys and girls, they allowed us to put posters everywhere. <laughs> the, um, so the next morning, the campus woke up with an idea that there was going to be a contested election. Uh, we were walking around, stating, you know, yelling who's gonna, who you're going to vote for for president, and there would be a resounding DC. And in the morning, when I was going out to attend classes, I run into Claire Dingley and her vice presidential candidate. And they stopped me and asked, would I be willing to work on their campaign? <laughs> I pondered that for a little while, but thought that might be a conflict of interest. <laughs> Okay. The next day, we kind of gathered together, and one of our friends who was on the election committee came over to inform us that D.C. had come in second place. But due to votes for Batman, Wonder Woman, and other fictional characters, Claire had not achieved the prerequisite majority. <laughs> This put us in a dilemma because we're willing to go for a 36-hour campaign, but what about a two-week campaign up to the runoff election? <laughs> we acquiesced, and then we dutifully filtered in to hear the debate between the two runoff candidates. Now, which proved to be strategic on our part, we did not have a practice debate for DC. Uh, what was taken back was just the viciousness of which the opposition was going after DC. I mean, it was like they were raptors going after living flesh instead of being the vultures that could just walk up to a piece of carrion. We were pretty dejected by the debate. We had resolved ourselves to defeat, but we still held the banner and we still dejectedly gathered to hear the results of the runoff election, only to find out that we had miscalculated one thing.
the power of the sympathy vote. <laughs> DC won in a landslide. 